welcome to the Lawyer Better Podcast. Today, we have Ryan Wexler, a trial lawyer at the law firm of Long, Jean and Wexler, located in Pompano Beach. By way of background, Ryan attended Florida State University uh, undergraduate and law school. He's been practicing for eight years. And before we get into it with Ryan, the reason I selected him for this podcast is because I want to have up-and-coming lawyers, not just the stars of today, but the stars of tomorrow. And I really believe that Ryan is one of those. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great, and, and thank you for that introduction. No worries. So um, tell us why you are so, you know, one thing about you, and, and not only have I known you for a couple of years and, and had the privilege of working with you, but just last week I was at a trial in the Palm Beach County Courthouse and I got to see you in action. And not just against any defense attorney, but a guy who's been practicing for from the looks of him, at least 40 years, <laughs> a, a real, no, a real pro. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think you had a great judge and a great experience, but we're going to get into that. Well, it's funny so, during motion practice, uh, we were, uh, he and I got, it was, it was a combative issue. And, and I said, your honor, the, the defendant's lawyer wants to act like he doesn't know what the rule is, but he's been practicing law longer than I've been alive. And it's funny because at the end of the trial, he said, Mr. Wexler, that line you hit me with that I've been practicing law longer than you've been alive. I've never heard one like that. And he started laughing like he loved it, you know, but he didn't love it when we were in action, but he loved it after the trial, which is kind of funny. You I know? think he was, in fact, practicing before you were born. He was. He's been practicing 42 years, and I'm 36 next month, so he okay. definitely has. Great. So not to digress, but let's start by uh, telling the uh, listeners a little bit about your law firm. So I have two partners, Alex, Gene, and, and Lyle Long, and we are, you know, I, we hold ourselves out as a boutique uh, personal injury law firm. We truly try to focus on the quality over the quantity. We do not want to become a mill um, and and we're just three young guys that are really pushing as hard as we can to establish a reputation for the firm that you know we're not screwing around. Uh, this is serious business. Um, uh, we know the ins, we know the outs, and we're going to push cases uh, in litigation and to trial unless or until uh, the right kind of money uh, for our clients shows up. Okay, um, you know, getting to know you. Um what really makes you stand out in my mind is your determination and your love for the fight. Um, where does that come from? Well, um, I've always been that way. That That's just innate in my nature. Um, when I was a kid, I was the guy that was getting into, into fistfights all the time. It's just who I am. I'm not that way now, but it's, it's, it's interesting. I look back on my life and a lot of the mistakes I made, some of those mistakes I made such as, you know, getting into barroom brawls and, and idiotic stuff like that is part of that came from probably what is a gift for me and that I am a fighter. And now I'm applying that in my law practice. And I and now being where I am and as I'm continuing to truck forward, I, I look at I look back and I say, I'm glad I have that fighter in me because it's what keeps me going. And it's what in certain ways makes me very good at what I do. What's your favorite movie? I my favorite movie would probably be The Godfather. 
And that comes as no surprise to me <laughs> because um, I'm, I'm, you know, and I often wonder, how does an Italian like you end up with a last name like Wexler? Well, I'm a Jew gazy. I'm a Fugazi. I'm not a real Italian. Uh, so let's just get that out the bag right away. I tried to change my name to Wexlerini, <laughs> but it wasn't going to fly. So I, I am I am a proud uh, half Jew and I'm not 1% Italian. I'm zero. But I love Italian food, and I love Italian people. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure to meet some of your friends. I think you have a lot of Italian friends you grew up with. Were they an influence on you in terms of your personality, the way you are, and, you know, wanting to, you know, be a fighter? Very much so. Uh, but my dad is also from the Bronx. He's from Pelham Parkway. And, you know, that's a Jewish-Italian-Irish neighborhood back then. My dad grew up in the, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So if you're—, if you're, if you're uh, a Jewish guy from the Bronx in Pelham Parkway, you're, you're, you're practically Paisan Italian. So we kind of adopt, uh, we, we adopted their, um, uh, their culture and their ways. So that's probably part of it too. Right. So I know you have those, those genes in you, you know, as I was heading up to watch this trial, it's the first time I've seen you, um, in trial. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, he's probably going to be like my cousin Vinny gone to law school, this guy, but uh, I have to tell you, I was really, I was, Thank frankly, you. I was blown away with you uh, and your partner, uh, Lyle Long. Uh, he's not here in the studio today. Uh, Christian, can you pop up the uh, the website uh, photo so we can, you can introduce us yeah, sort of, absolutely. to your partners. Okay, who do we have here? The most handsome guy on the far left is me, and then the middle guy, Alex Jean, and uh, far, far right is Lyle Long. I, I love both of them, and... Uh, I'm blessed to have them on. I'm blessed to be part of their team and them being part of my team, and uh, because we're, we're we're very like-minded, which I love. And they're, they're they're all about proper representation of plaintiffs, and I think that there's a lot going on that isn't always conducive to what's best for the client, and we're very much client-focused. How long has the firm uh, existed? With the three of us in action, uh, three years, but the 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 law firm has had a little bit of a metamorphosis. It, its very beginnings were probably six or seven years ago. All right. So um, many of our uh, followers uh, and viewers uh, are going to be or are um, young lawyers mm -hmm. uh, in different places and different positions. Um, but another reason I have you on the podcast is because you've you've had tremendous success, both in terms of you know getting big cases, getting big numbers. Talking yep. about it on social media, which is really a requirement. It's an expectation of the public sure. uh, these days. Okay. But, um, how, you know, wh what about the synergy between you and your partners? What, from your point of view, how, how have you been able to get where you've gotten in such little time? What's your secret? Well, when I came in the door with them, I, I, I you know, when we were talking about joining up, I, I really told them what my goals were. And I had a little bit of a different experience than they did in that I worked on the defense side uh, for Cole Scott and Kassane at the inception of my career. And then I joined. I think that Cole Scott is now the largest defense firm in the state of Florida. Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. And they were when I worked there as well at the beginning of my career. And then after that, I, I worked for a personal injury firm, um, and I was litigating cases pretty much on my own, um, really, actually, totally on my own, and I was litigating a lot. So I had a lot of litigation experience coming in um, into the firm, and um, they were that law firm that I was with was more of a mill. You know, they had I they had a quazillion cases, 
Um, and there were things I really didn't like about that business model. And uh, when I came in the door with Alex and Lyle, what I really told them right away, and I put my cards on the table because I wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page. I said, look, I'm about quality over quantity. That is what's most important to me. And fortunately, both of them totally agreed. That's what they wanted too. Um, and I think in a way they listened to my experience because I told them, look, you can be the richest guy in the business, but that's not going to make you the best lawyer. And you can have the most cases in the business, but th that doesn't mean that all those clients are getting treated the right way. And, and fortunately, Alex and Lyle, like me, are, are, are very uh, conscientious about their reputation and they want to be uh, perceived as strong plaintiff lawyers when they walk in the room and, and, um, that that was the footing that we we got off on right when I joined the firm. What does make you the best lawyer? Well, paying attention. I, I'm a I'm a firm believer in in preparation. You you have to prepare. Uh, you you have to do. You have to take steps to also make yourself better, especially especially as a young plaintiff lawyer. Um, we don't have the benefit, Alex Lyle and I. We don't have the benefit of working at like a Searcy Denny, for example, which is a, an outstanding law firm. If you, a young guy like me working at that firm, you know, every other office is going to be a guy that's been practicing longer than you've been alive. And they're also, uh, you know, an esteemed plaintiff's counsel. So you're going to get that kind of mentorship for us. You know, we, 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 we have tried to gain mentorship through others. You being certainly, one of them, uh, but you also got to do the other things. You know, attend um, uh, conventions. You know, I've gone to three years in a row. I'm carving myself out as a as a trucking lawyer. I go to um, the national trucking convention for for trucking plaintiff lawyers, and that's one way that I'm really starting to carve myself out. And then. CLE events, asking questions, being humble enough to know that you're not going to know the answer to every single question, and you can't be too proud to ask. Let me ask you um, first about before you carved yourself out as a lawyer, when you were more of just a block of wood with a law degree, sure. um, you mentioned that you were at Cole, Scott, and Kassane. Agreed. Huge firm, really good firm, great reputation. Yes. Yes. Uh, personally, my exposure to them was actually a trial when I sued L.A. Fitness in a wrongful death case for not having a defibrillator for uh, a member who'd had a heart attack and passed away. But anyway, that case went to trial, and uh, it was three of them against me. It was right. Gene and two of his top guys right. uh, triple-teaming me at trial. Great trial, right. great verdict, um, until it got to the appellate court, and they felt differently about it. But um, you know, knowing how these guys are and how they practice, can you just— uh, tell us, for the benefit of our viewers, especially those who might be on the defense side or might be young like you, looking to make a career um, in litigation, uh, how, how did that how did that experience impact you, and and how did that change you as a lawyer? Well, the first thing I can say is I'm I'm very grateful to Cole Scott and Kassain for giving me my first gig. Um, they have a tremendous infrastructure to train young lawyers like that. Looking back. I'm blown away at the way that they were able to provide mentorship to brand new lawyers to fit their business model. So that is a, a huge testament uh, to that firm. Um, what do they train you so well to do? Well, you know, I'm coming in, I'm coming in as a, as a brand new lawyer. I really don't know anything. And right away I start litigating and I have, 
I had an asso- another associate attorney uh, who had like five or six years experience already, which is a world of experience compared to somebody that's brand new. So I had I had her mentoring me and, and teaching me the basics of litigation. I had the partner who was above her overseeing everything, who was also correcting me and teaching me. Um, so I got a lot of experience very quickly on the defense side, but I also very, very quickly realized that the defense side was not for me. Okay. But litigation overall... Um your background uh, as a lover of um, the Italian culture in some ways, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the Godfather. You told me you like Casino as well. I yes. mean, how, did, how did that seep into um, your mannerisms and your personality uh, as a lawyer back then and now? Well, you've got to have that. You've got to have that MF in you. I can't curse, right? So I, you got to have that MF in well, you. Well, you can, but you well, know. you've got to have that motherfucker in you. Right. And I have that. I've always had that. Again, this is something that, listen, I, I got my, chi- my teeth chipped a couple times. I've got scars on my head because of the motherfucker that's in me. But that was um, before you were a lawyer. just to Correct. I didn't get into a fist fight in the parking lot coming in here. But, okay. you know, that was who I was as a kid. And, and, and I carry that still. It's, it's innate in my character. I, 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 I can't turn that off. I've only channeled it to be a non-idiotic adult human being. Uh, and, and it works very well in litigation because litigation is all about the fight. So it, 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 litigation is something, some people don't enjoy it. I love litigation because I'm all about, you know, this, you know. Okay. But, you know, coming and, and by the way, for the record, um, during the trial, uh, I thought you were outstanding and, you know, there was no yelling, there was no screaming. Uh, you never grabbed anyone by the throat, although, you know, we can't control um, our thoughts. Um, just overall, in terms of, you, you know, how you are, your personality, how did that work out in that trial? Because that was your first real trial you had um, with your partner, Lyle. Um, I know you've had a lot of cases set for trial, and you do now, but as we all know, the good ones uh, tend to settle. Right. Um, because the courthouse really is one big casino. Right. You know? So aside from the fact that you may not have gotten the best result in that trial, what did you take from that trial that has, because you told me this has changed me, me, Ryan, and my partner. How did, how did you change? How, does it, how did it affect you, especially moving forward now? Well, I really wanted to win. And in really wanting to win, I really prepared. I prepared the case law um, that I needed for the issues that were in the case. I knew my case in and out. I knew every deposition transcript. Um, you know, I knew every line, well, almost every line of every deposition transcript. I knew the case. I knew my client. I knew her story. Uh, and it was the preparation that, and I appreciate your compliments, but it was it was the preparation that helped me go in there and really in terms of performance do 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 an outstanding job and even the defense lawyer you know on the other side gave me a very strong compliment after the fact i also knew that look i'm going against a guy that's been doing this longer than i'm alive i better prepare i can't think that i'm just going to waltz in there uh and be successful and and fortunately i've had a lot of uh, a lot of trial lawyers that are you know have been doing this for years and years and years that i look up to um, that have always told me you, you're never going to be great at this unless you prepare. So it was really in the preparation that that gave me the opportunity to stand on that stage and, and do it do a do a fine job. Yeah, you know they say that um, preparation beats talent when talent is not prepared. But I will tell you in this case, 
Um, as usual, uh, that lawyer who was from a real, another really good uh, defense firm, he was prepared. Yes. And he knew the file inside and out. So uh, did you feel afterwards that, you know, in hindsight, you were ready for him? I, I felt ready for him, but I feel even more ready for the next trial because this is, this is just another notch under my belt. Uh, I wish the result was different in this trial. I, you know, I think this is one where the jury got it wrong, and, and it's unfortunate. And I played this trial over in my head a million times, and I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to move on to the next case. But it's hard because I, I love my client to death, um, and I wanted to, to get her the best result possible. What made me feel good is, you know, she, she hugged me after the trial and cried and said, I'll never forget what you did for me and how well you did it. And, you know, she was actually a, what was really flattering about that is she was like clerk of court in Illinois, like for, for a decade. So she was around trials all the time. She was, and she gave me these, this high praise and her family hugged me crying. So I, I knew I left it all in the courtroom. I just wish the result could have been different, but sure. that's the risk we take. Yeah. And that's what makes a horse race. You know, that's yeah. why cases go to trial yeah. because the other side thinks that, you know, they might be able to have success. Absolutely. But as you now know, it's not just about the result. It's a lot about the experience and getting you ready for the next time. Do you agree with that? 100%. I'm ready to, I want to go back out there yesterday. I'm ready to go. You told me, uh, and I won't forget this one either, that man, trying cases is such a rush. Tell us about that rush from your point of view. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's the quintessential lawyer experience. That's what we went to law school for. I didn't go to law school to sit in front of my desk all day, um, you know, and, 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 and push files just from behind a computer. And certainly, look, there's aspects of that that I love, but I don't want to do that all the time. I want to get in the courtroom. I have a personality and I have a skill set that I think applies very well to being in the courtroom and putting on a show. And I love I love the performative part of of trying a case. And, uh, you know, cro like cross I told you before, cross examining that expert and having it go the way it, it went was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Like, I want to do that again. I think, yeah, I think that was one of the highlights of the trial when you um, texted me after the uh, cross and you said that that expert is in a coffin. <laughs> yeah. And what now, and now it's funny. We canceled one of his depositions earlier in the case. Um, and now all of a sudden he's coming after us for his fee. And I think it's because he's salty because of what happened to him in the courtroom. And I'm fine with that. You know, I'm glad because I wanted to slaughter him. Okay. And did you... Um, so my, my next question is, um, what are your what do you feel your weaknesses are, um, or, or th not really weaknesses, but things that you struggle with that we, that we've talked about over the years, um, and we're still working on. And let's talk about that first. Impulsivity. Uh, you How know, so? Well, I'm the you know I I can be one that will fly off the handle. Never in the courtroom. I know that. I know all too well that that will never be favorable, but from behind the computer or when you're on the phone, it's easy to fly off the handle, especially when the other side is, which the defense often does, is doing their usual tricks and their usual bullshit. And I have a very low threshold uh, of patience for that, especially when I'm doing things the right way. Do you ever think that you're getting baited or that they're trying to take advantage of you due to your perceived inexperience in all, their eyes? All the time, it happened in this trial. You know they're gonna try to they're gonna try to they're gonna try to run one up run one over on me and I'm not I'm not letting that go down I'm I'm much more equipped uh, for that fight than they than they might initially perceive if they've never worked for me or worked against me before um, but I have to I have to continue to 
take a deep breath and be, you know, s- smooth, cool, and calm and, and not fly off the handle. You know, it's like you brought up The Godfather earlier. It's one of my favorite movies, and I, I can analogize it to this. Sonny Corleone is like one of the greatest characters the guy James Kahn played, but he's the type that flies off the handle like that. Compare him to like Vito Corleone, who is totally collected, calm, calculated. Nothing gets a rise out of him. And how did how does the movie end up turning out for those who I hope I'm not spoiling it. If you haven't seen The Godfather, may God have mercy on your soul. But Sonny Corleone ends up losing his life because he flies off the handle. He goes right into a trap and and, and they whack him out. And then Vito Corleone, this is a guy who lives longevity. It's because I think he's smart, he's under control, and he can see the angles, and he doesn't fly off the handle. And you want to be more like Vito Corleone than you do Sonny Corleone. Is that what you're trying to be like? Yeah, because I think I have more of the Sonny Corleone... Um, instincts and and that's something that I have to be aware of and I have to channel because I I don't think I'm naturally uh, the wise one to sit back and and be patient I think I am the type instinctively to react and it's better to respond than it is to react wide shot okay Christian wide okay Um, what about uh, you know when I think of you sometimes I think of Joe Pesci and Goodfellas uh, I, I take it that's another favorite, one of your favorite movies. Well, he's my favorite. Okay, yeah. so uh, what qualities do you like in him, and has that found a way uh, into your practice as a lawyer without actually killing people or doing anything <laughs> physical? Yeah, I haven't killed anybody, but yeah, I I, I love Joe Pesci. He's my he's probably my favorite actor. Um, his toughness is what I love. I love his toughness, you know, and and I I emulate that toughness. I always have my whole life. But he's also a guy in those movies who's one to make a lot of mistakes based on impulsivity. And, you know, if you're too impulsive in those movies, you get whacked. In, in our business, you're too impulsive. You're going to make a fatal mistake. Right. Or, and, you know, also um, maybe not think objectively, right? 100% because when, 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 when you're dealing with emotion, you're, you're not always acting logically. They say that anger is never without an argument but seldom with a good one. Do you find that as well when you get upset? Well, whether it's at home, in your life, or in litigation, you know, in, at the office, that that can affect your ability to have clarity and see both sides of the coin. Yeah, and, and another way of putting it is this is a, a, an idiom I come back to is, you know, let a cooler head prevail. Yep. If you let a cooler head prevail, 10 times out of 10, you're not going to regret having not made that decision the day before. Ten times out of ten, you're going to say to yourself, at least in my experience, wow, I'm really glad I gave it 24 hours to respond because if I responded a day ago, it would have been a nightmare and it wouldn't have gone as smoothly. And it wouldn't have been as wise and as smart and I wouldn't have gotten the result that I want. So how, from your, I have my own opinion, but from your point of view, how have you progressed in the past uh, almost three years um, working on impulsivity, dealing with it, and actually pulling it off in these situations where it can be stressful. And you know that sometimes uh, others, uh, probably mostly lawyers on the other side, are going out of their way to try and push your buttons. Yeah, I think the first thing is you've got to acknowledge that you have this um, gift slash flaw and, and, it, and, and impulsivity 
it can be a major flaw that will manifest itself and hurt you. And so the first step is recognizing it. Yeah, it is a default setting. You know, we have back from the days when we were cavemen, the fight or flight reflex. That's where it comes from. Right. But now, are you more mindful of that? Ex extremely. And, yeah. Because so. because I, I I care so much about I also care so much about the perception of me by my counterparts, and. The optics are not good when you're flying off the handle. The optics aren't good when you're being impulsive and you're reacting. It's better to respond, especially when you're a young lawyer, because not that I'm, you know, I'm not 25 years old, but I'm about to be 36. I'm still a lot younger than a lot of these guys, again, that have been litigating, you know, since before I was born. And I think that the stereotype that they'll label me with is this guy's going to be impulsive. He's going to make uh, knee-jerk decisions, and we can capitalize on him um, by way of that. And I don't want to give them that ammunition. So when I respond like a more mature, seasoned lawyer um, by not being impulsive and by taking a deep breath and better calculating my response, I think it catches them really by surprise. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, shit, this guy's, this guy's a serious lawyer. He's a force to reckon with. Right. So they feel that they have their hands full. Yeah, abs absolutely. And I love okay. catch. I, and I love when these defense lawyers at the, at the end of the case, when, when I'm, they're all done, we're all done. They tell me they're either going to start referring me cases, which has happened multiple times, or they say, man, you know, Ryan, you're a damn good young lawyer. And I had one guy recently tell me, um, you know, I got to tell you, I have very uh, low expectations for your generation. And he's like, you changed that. And that was like one of the. This is a guy I was fighting with the whole time, the whole case, and I was, like, blown away by that remark. It meant so much to me, you yep. know. So, Ryan, I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, your people are sending you cases. There's a few greater compliments from a defense attorney and telling you how great of a job you are. But remember, um, what, what do we always say when it comes to things like that? Because it's easy to get a, a really big overinflated head and to get a certain reputation or per, based on perceptions that you don't want to have. What do, we, what do we always talk about when it comes to that? Well, you tell me not to, you don't let stuff get to my head and don't be cocky. Is that what you're referring to? How about your ego is not your amigo? Your ego is not your amigo. And that, that, is a, that, is a, that is a lesson that you've kicked down my head uh, and, and I'm aware of it. Yeah. But it's been a, a positive experience for you somehow? Yeah, because this goes that ties right into the impulsivity part. Mm -hmm. You know, my impulsivity comes from my ego and my pride and my fight, and um, that is not my friend. So my ego is not my amigo. When I'm when I'm re when I'm reacting like that, it it, mm -hmm. it works against me and it works against my client. You do have a very soft side though, because I've also seen you interact with clients, right? Um, not just the lady whose case you were trying, but in the past. So just you know, briefly, how are you with you know what's the soft side of you with clients? I hope you're not yelling at them and no, you wouldn't have well, very many clients if you did sometimes i got to yell at a client or two but they're usually really asking for it and the, and they're usually the clients that if i yell at them they're actually going to respect me more but no i, I have to have a, a soft and compassionate side and i do and that's why i do what i do and that that's why i'm not a defense lawyer anymore because i i found myself at the beginning of my career taking depositions of people that were injured and the insurance company doesn't want to pay. And I'm feeling bad for these people. I was like, this is not who the insurance company should have in the seat, me, taking this deposition. Because I feel compassion for this person. I want this person to get a great result. Um, and and, and, and that's my, that is my compassionate side. And I realized very quickly that I wanted to be the one that listens and, and, and advocates for them. Uh, not the person working against them to not pay them. 
That's great because not everyone has that passion. And frankly, there's a lot of lawyers out there who care more about money than their clients. And you know, definitely, even though they may reach success in the short term. Uh, in a relationship business, it doesn't always bode well for them. Yeah, and I have no respect for that at all. I'll be very blunt, and and I just don't respect that that way of practice. Uh, in in and and I don't respect plaintiff lawyers that view themselves as more important than their client. Um, those lawyers know who they are, and sometimes they even broadcast that that's who they are. And and they might be the richest, they might have five Bentleys, but you don't have respect, and you're you're not honoring the title that you've been given because our job is to advocate for our clients. Our job is not to stuff our pockets. And it's greedy pigs like that that, first of all, do a major disservice to their client. But they also give um, the true uh, champions for plaintiff lawyers, of plaintiff lawyers, a bad name. And they smear us. And and I I, I have no respect for those lawyers. Okay. But when it comes to the defense, um, you are aware, I hope, that regardless of what you think of them or their tactics, it's always important to really, uh, you know, you know what they say, friends close, enemies closer. To be really nice to them to the point where they like you. You don't have to be friends with them, but you should be friendly. I get along right? with most of the defense lawyers I litigate against. You know, I, 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 they have a job to do. So what I was just talking about were the plaintiff lawyers that I think are selling out their clients. That those are the yeah. ones that I, that I don't have respect for. But I respect defense lawyers, and, I, and they have a job to do. And right. And... They, a lot of them do it well, and some of them do it by sliding in some tricks. But as a plaintiff lawyer, you've just got to be ready ready for that because that's what the battlefield is. Well said. So, Ryan, I have a little surprise for you. Okay. Um, because I'm proud of you and how much progress you've made. I bought you a little gift, an early holiday gift. I'd like you to open it on camera. <laughs> and uh, let's see what that is. It's better not be a bomb. It's not a bomb. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, put it, put it up on the counter so the oh. audience can see that, please. Yeah. The box. And take open it up for us. It's a punching. It's a punching bag. A desktop punching bag. I need to get a picture of up. you and just paste it on there. As you wish. And I've always told you, <laughs> if, I, if I don't make you feel uncomfortable... Then I'm not doing my job. 100. Okay, stick that. Can you stick that on the table in between us over here? Absolutely. There you go. Oh, yeah. So this is a little desktop punching bag <laughs> for when you get frustrated. Maybe instead of yelling, because you know there are other people around, and you know you have lovely employees who somehow really seem to like you despite your craziness sometimes. Yeah, yeah they do. So this punching bag will allow you to get your frustrations out. It's gonna, there you go. Take a shot. I think if I punch this thing, it's going to end up in your lap. Yeah. Well, you might have to have it screwed down to your desk. Yeah, I think, I think so. But this I, is a great gift. Thank I, you for that. I wish you well with that. Thank you. So, I'll put that on my desk. So, Ryan, um, let's end this podcast with my final question about um, your advice to other lawyers. Perhaps your advice to your younger self five years ago. There's lots of lawyers out there who not only haven't practiced for very long, but... You know, since 2020, there's been almost no live court appearances, no live depositions. Everything's on Zoom, right? And you've been through those three years as a lawyer. Um, What is your advice to young lawyers who want to lawyer better, want to live up to the name of our podcast, but also to achieve the success and the happiness and the life balance that you have? Because I know you have a little girl at home and you got another one on the way. Yeah, 
Um, the first, the first question you've got to ask is who do you want to be? And, and I, I, I borrowed this from you. Who do you want to be in five years? And, um, if, if, if you want to be a great lawyer, then that's great. Cause not everybody really cares about that. Some people care more about other things or it's just a job to them and they don't take it home with them or they just want to get really rich. And that's not always the same thing as being a great lawyer. Those two things don't always run hand in hand. So if, if your answer is that you, that you do want to be a great lawyer um, in practice and reputationally, you just have to know that you're going to have to put in the work and there are no shortcuts and it's not going to happen overnight. You know, it, it's going to be day by day, um, uh, you know, adding those building blocks into your arsenal. And it takes things like going to CLEs, finding a mentor, uh, litigating cases yourself, not over delegating to your staff and having them do all the work for you. Cause you might have a paralegal underneath you that has a lot more experience than you. And then you use that paralegal as a crutch. That's not going to work either. You've got to actually do it uh, to learn it. And look, I'm, I, I just ordered on Saturday, like six books um, for plaintiff lawyers. Like I, as you know, Russ, I, I read, Plaintiff books. I who will speak for the victim by Jim Perdue is like an, an incredible book. I love that book. Uh, but I, I just ordered six more books, and I, I'm going to read them. And these are written by esteemed trial counsel um, for plaintiffs. And and this is how this is. These are the things you have to do to continue to grow. And it's going to take that effort. And if you think that it's going to happen overnight, it's not going to happen overnight. And if you think it's going to get there by taking shortcuts or cutting corners, it's definitely never going to happen. But one of the thrills, at least when I practiced, of being a plaintiff's lawyer is you wake up every day and say, what call am I going to get today? Maybe today is the day I get that really big one. And that thrill or the anticipation of that happening, it sounds like um, from where you're at now, you've had many calls like that. Do you have that thrill as well? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Right. And 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 every every client matters. And certain cases are a little more exciting than others. But you have to you ha you should never sign up a case where a client is going to be neglected. That's another thing. And I, I try to pride myself on that to the extent where now I there are certain cases I just turn down, and I respectfully decline them. I say, look, this isn't the right case for for me or for my my, my law firm. But there's other attorneys out there. Get a second opinion. All right. Well, uh, they say that um, success is getting what you want and happiness is wanting what you get. And it sure sounds to me like you've got both. Thank you for that, Russ. Well, you've been a, you've been an instrumental help. And so there you have it. Ryan Wexler from Longjean and Wexler, um, a, a rising star in the legal field. And I'm sure you're going to see and read more about him over the years. And this wraps up this episode of the Lawyer Better podcast. Um, if you like our podcast, please tell me what you'd like to hear about. We have a great lineup of amazing guests, not just lawyers, but others, because I want you to live up to my name, Lawyer Better. Uh, and anything I could do to help, I would appreciate your feedback. You're welcome to email me. And most importantly, please subscribe to our podcast. It means more to me than you'll ever know. It's really important and it will ensure the success of this law firm, of law firm, of your law firm, but of this podcast. It will ensure the success of this podcast. Thanks and we'll see you next time.